This is day 89 of our daily Bible reading. We will be completing book of Job, chapters 5 through 9. Lord God, thank you for this fresh mercy and grace this morning. We just thank you for this fresh perspective. You've given us the time to think things through, to just rest in your perfect peace. That we know that we can't even sleep without you, Lord, but you allow us to lay down at night. And it may be a struggle at first, but we end up being able to rest. And we just thank you for that ability to let our guard down and let you in. And may we be better at that. May we spend more time with you as with a friend and with a father and with a mentor, knowing that you are perfect in your ways. Your wisdom and your strength and your compassion is perfect. And that is what we need and that's what we desire. The world doesn't desire this, but it needs it so badly. Things are falling apart because they're apart from you. And Lord, let us be the light that shines in the darkness today and every day that we could, one, master the sin in ourselves, but then help others to see the light that we have within us. Please bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul now, is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? For anger slays the foolish man, and jealousy kills the simple. I have seen the foolish taking root, and I cursed his abode immediately. His sons are far from safety. They are even oppressed in the gate, and there is no deliverer. His harvest the hungry devour, and take it to a place of thorns, and the schemer is eager for their wealth. For affliction does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. For man is born for trouble as sparks fly upward. But as for me, I would seek God, and I would place my cause before God, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields, so that he sets on high those who are lowly, and those who mourn are lifted to safety. He frustrates the plotting of the shrewd, so that their hands cannot attain success. He captures the wise by their own shrewdness, and the advice of the cunning is quickly thwarted. By day they meet with darkness, and grope at noon as in the night. But he saves from the sword of their mouth, and the poor from the hand of the mighty. So the helpless have hope, and unrighteousness must shut its mouth. Behold, how happy is the man who God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he inflicts pain and gives relief. He wounds, and his hands also heal. From six troubles he will deliver you, even in seven evil will not touch you. In famine he will redeem you from death, and in war from the power of the sword. You will be hidden from the scourge of the tongue, and you will not be afraid of violence when it comes. 
You will laugh at violence and famine, and you will not be afraid of wild beasts. For you will be in league with the stones of the field, and the beasts of the field will be at peace with you. You will know that your tent is secure, for you will visit your abode and fear no loss. You will know also that your descendants will be many, and your offspring as the grass of the earth. You will come to the grave in full vigor, like the stacking of grain in its season. Behold this, we have investigated it, and so it is. Hear it, and know for yourself. Then Job answered, Oh, that my grief were actually weighed, and laid in the balances together with my calamity. For then it would be heavier than the sand of the seas. Therefore my words have been rash. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. Their poison my spirit drinks. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray over his grass? Or does the ox low over his fodder? Can something tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? My soul refuses to touch them. They are like loathsome food to me. Oh, that my request might come to pass, and that God would grant my longing. Would that God were willing to crush me, that he would loose his hand and cut me off. But it is still my consolation, and I rejoice in unsparing pain, that I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should endure? Is my strength the strength of stones? Or is my flesh bronze? Is it that my help is not within me, and that deliverance is driven from me? For the despairing man there should be kindness from his friend, so that he does not forsake the fear of the Almighty. My brothers have acted deceitfully like a wadi, like the torrents of wadis which vanish, which are turbid because of ice, and into which the snow melts. When they become waterless, they are silent. When it is hot, they vanish from their place. The paths of their course wind along. They go up into nothing and perish. The caravans of Timah looked. The travelers of Sheba hoped for them. They were disappointed, for they had trusted. They came there and were confounded. Indeed, you have now become such. You see a terror and are afraid. Have I said, give me something? Or offer a bribe for me from your wealth? Or deliver me from the hand of the adversary? Or redeem me from the hand of the tyrants? Teach me, and I will be silent, and show me how I have erred. How painful are honest words, and what does your argument prove? Do you intend to reprove my words when the words of one in despair belong to the wind? You would even cast lots for the orphans and barter over your friend. Now, please look at me and see if I lie to your face. Desist now. Let there be no injustice. Even desist 
My righteousness is yet in it. Is there injustice on my tongue? Cannot my palate discern calamities? Is not man forced to labor on earth? And are not his days like the days of a hired man, as a slave who pants for the shade, and as a hired man who eagerly awaits for his wages? So am I allotted months of vanity, and nights of trouble are appointed me? When I lay down, I say, When shall I arise? But the night continues, and I am continually tossing until dawn. My flesh is clothed with worms and a crust of dirt. My skin hardens and runs. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is but breath. My eye will not again see good. The eye of him who sees me will behold me no longer. Your eyes will be on me but I will not be. When a cloud vanishes, it is gone. So he who goes down to Sheol does not come up. He will not return again to his house, nor will his place know him any more. Therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea? Or the sea monster, that you set a guard over me? If I say, my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, then you frighten me with dreams and terrify me with visions, so that my soul would choose suffocation, death, rather than my pains. I waste away. I will not live forever. Leave me alone for my days are but a breath. What is man that you magnify him, and that you are so concerned about him, that you examine him every morning and try him every moment? Will you never turn your gaze away from me, nor let me alone until I swallow my spittle? Have I sinned? What have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target, so that I am a burden to myself? Why then do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will lie down in the dust, and you will seek me, but I will not be. Then Bildad, the Shuhite, answered, How long will you say these things, and the words of your mouth be a mighty wind? Does God pervert justice, or does the Almighty pervert what is right? If your sons sinned against him, then he delivered them into the power of their transgression. If you would seek God and implore the compassion of the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, surely now he would rouse himself for you and restore your righteous estate. Though your beginning was insignificant, yet your end will increase greatly. Please, inquire of past generations, and consider the things searched out by their fathers. For we are only of yesterday, and know nothing, because our days on earth are as a shadow.
Will they not teach you and tell you and bring forth words from their minds? Can the papyrus grow up without a marsh? Can the rushes grow without water? While it is still green and not cut down, yet it withers before any other plant. So are the paths of all who forget God, and the hope of the godless will perish, whose confidence is fragile and whose trust a spider's web. He trusts in his house, but it does not stand. He holds fast to it, but it does not endure. He thrives before the sun, and his shoots spread up over his garden. His roots wrap around a rock pile. He grasps a house of stones. If he is removed from his place, then it will deny him, saying, I never saw you. Behold, this is the joy of his way, and out of the dust others will spring. Lo, God will not reject a man of integrity, nor will he support the evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no longer. Then Job answered, In truth, I know that this is so. But how can a man be in the right before God? If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him once in a thousand times. Wise in heart and mighty in strength, who has defied him without harm? It is God who removes the mountains. They know not how, when he overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth out of its place and its pillars tremble, who commands the sun not to shine, and sets a seal upon the stars, who alone stretches out the heavens and tramples down the waves of the sea, who makes the bear, Orion, and the Pleiades, and the chambers of the south, who does great things, unfathomable and wondrous works without number. Were he to pass by me, I would not see him. Were he to move past me, I would not perceive him. Were he to snatch away, who could restrain him? Who could say to him, What are you doing? God will not turn back his anger. Beneath him crouch the helpers of Rahab. How then can I answer him and choose my words before him? For though I were right, I could not answer. I would have to implore the mercy of my judge. If I called and he answered me, I could not believe that he was listening to my voice. For he bruises me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds without cause. He will not allow me to get my breath, but saturates me with bitterness. If it is a matter of power, behold, he is the strong one. If it is a matter of justice, who can summon him? Though I am righteous, my mouth will condemn me. Though I am guiltless, he will declare me guilty. I am guiltless. I do not take notice of myself. I despise my life. It is all one. 
Therefore, I say, he destroys the guiltless and the wicked. If the scourge kills suddenly, he mocks the despair of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the face of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? Now my days are swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. They slip by like reed boats, like an eagle who swoops on its prey. Though I say, I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my sad countenance and be cheerful. I am afraid of all my pains. I know that you will not acquit me. I am accounted wicked. Why then should I toil in vain? If I should wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye, yet you would plunge me into the pit, and my own clothes would abhor me. For he is not a man, as I am, that I may answer him, that we may go to court together. There is no umpire between us, who may lay his hand upon us both. Let him remove his rod from me, and let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak, and not fear him. But I am not like that in myself. I just love the poetry of Job, don't you? It's so beautiful. And so wondrous, the wisdom that's lying in here. So I just wanted to point out a couple of things that I've caught notice of that are important for us to keep in mind as we go through this. So we have Eliphaz yesterday start with his first speech, and then we had his second friend Bildad say something today. Again, they are under the assumption that Job is sinning, and Job has done something wrong and he won't admit it. And that is why the hand of God is heavy on him. But we continue to see that Job is declaring himself blameless, that he didn't do anything in particular to cause this. Now, to be clear, Job does not think he's perfect. He knows that he's not. But what he's saying is that he is not willfully sinning and, and leading his life with evil intentions. And he is declaring his innocence in that way, and his friends don't believe him. And that's really sad. So we see Eliphaz here saying that, as for me, I would seek God. If with all my troubles going on, I would seek God. And I would place my cause before God, who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. And doesn't he do that? He does so many great and unsearchable things, meaning that we will never notice everything that he does. We don't know even a fraction of all the wondrous things that he does behind the scenes. But we know that beyond just the, the miraculous things that he does day to day, he is the sustainer of all things. Nothing exists apart from him, and nothing can exist without his intervention every single second. So it is 
not that of a master clockmaker, this universe. He is active in his creation. And this is one that Solomon is going to use later, right? In verse 17, chapter 5. Behold, how happy is the man whom God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Isn't that something Solomon said as well? Do not hate the chastening of the Lord, nor despise his reproof, because God loves those that he reproves. Right? He treats us like sons when he disciplines us. If we're experiencing no discipline in our lives, there's something wrong. Very important truths here. So then Job replies to Eliphaz, and he's showing that he is just miserable. And he wants his words to be weighed on the scales. Like he says that in verse 2, Oh, that my grief were actually weighed and laid in the balances together with my calamity, for then it would be heavier than the sand of the seas. He's trying to declare again his innocence, and he pleads that the harsh words that Eliphaz gave him be weighed and see who is actually correct. So then he goes on in chapter 6, deeply explaining how hurt he is by his friend's evaluation of the situation, immediately giving no credit to Job at all, but immediately just saying that he's sinning in some way. So he's telling them to back off, and he's telling them that what his, their advice is not helpful at all. And so we see chapter 7, we begin to understand more of what Job is trying to say. And he's going to make a bigger point later in chapter 9 as well, but chapter 7, near the end of it, we see words like this. What is man that you magnify him, and that you are so concerned about him, that you examine him every morning and try him every moment? Does God do that? Doesn't, isn't that something that David said over on those lines? What is man that you think so highly of him, right? What is man that you care for him as you so do? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and yet you have clothed us with glory. And we read in the New Testament that when we go to heaven, we will be exalted above angels, and we will actually judge angels in the new creation. So I don't, it's hard to imagine what that looks like, and I, I don't know what it looks like. But why is God so concerned with us? He loves us. That's why he's so concerned with us. I mean, I'm a parent, right? And I'm concerned about my kids because I want them to be their best selves that they could possibly be. And because I'm their dad and I want to, I worry about them, you know? That's normal for a parent to do that. And he does examine us every morning, and he does try us at every moment in terms of he, he challenges us. The Holy Spirit within us challenges us to do the right thing. And that conviction comes in because God is wanting us to go 
closer and closer into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, which is called sanctification, the process of being made holy, which is a lifelong process. But then we see the other part where this is where Job is wrong. In most everything, Job is correct in his evaluation of God, but the one area that he is going to mess up big time is he's declaring God unfair. So like we see in verse 20, have I sinned? What have I done to you, a watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target so that I am a burden to myself? Why then do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? You know, so he's calling God unfair. And he's going to do that more and more as this conversation goes on. And probably some of it out of frustration with his friends and the pain that he's in. But to declare God unfair and unjust is a grave error because he is not unjust and he's not unfair. We have no say in the matter when it comes to our lives. We really don't. You know, what do I mean? Well, he is our creator, right? It's Paul explained that in one of his epistles where we are likened to clay, right? That he makes as like a potter, he makes us into a vessel, like say a, a cup, for example. He makes some cups for general use, and he makes some cups for exalted use, like, you know, fancy occasions, for the rich and famous, for honorable things, so on and so forth. That's up to God's sovereignty, who is created for what. Now, those who are created for general use are, we should see those as being the ones that are unsaved and will not be saved. And we should see the ones that are created for honorable use would be Christians. That's how it's supposed to be described. But it also says that at no time does the clay look up at the potter and say, why did you make me like this? Or, why don't you do this and this and make me like this? We don't have the say in the matter. Because God is our creator, he has complete authority and sovereignty over us. And so, like it or not, God can do as he pleases with us. And he is always going to be right in it. Is that unfair? No. But that is how the hierarchy of things go. The creation is subject to the creator. And so we must do what he says. And if we feel that he has wronged us in some way, he is righteous. And besides, God doesn't do things to purposely just mess with us. He's not sitting in heaven bored, right? He doesn't have anything better to do, so he's just going to be that big kid with a magnifying glass zapping us little ants on the face of the earth. That's not how he does things. And if that's how we see it, then we're so wrong. He always looks to do good to us. And he looks to support us 
Didn't we read that in the Kings and in the Chronicles? That the Lord God looks to and fro across the earth, looking for to support someone whose heart is completely his. Will bad things happen to good people? Yes. Will there be relief? Yes. Even if there is no relief, we believe in a life after this. So we know that ultimately God is in control and God will give us eternal rest, even if we don't have the rest here on earth. That's easy for me to say right now when I am not in great pain and I'm not in a critical condition. But this is the reality of things. And while I have the clarity of mind, I will say it. So let's be careful not to call God unfair. Because he can do with us as he pleases. Chapter 8, we have Bildad say, Does God pervert justice? Or does the Almighty pervert what is right? The answer is no. <laughs> Absolutely not. But he is very wrong in saying that. Just confess your sins and stop sinning and he will restore you. And they don't understand that he didn't do anything. Then we come to Job's reply to Bildad in chapter 9. And he asks this profound question. In truth, I know that this is so, but how can a man be in the right before God? Can we be in the right before God? The only way we can is if Jesus Christ intervenes. Because what does the Bible say elsewhere? There is no one who does good, not even one. There is none who is righteous. There is none who seeks after God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How can a man be in the right before God? He cannot unless Christ is present. Because in Job is completely correct in verse 3. If one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him once in a thousand times. Who has defied him without harm? However, Job is wrong about this. In verse 21 through 23, he says, I am guiltless. Well, hang on. No, you're not. Maybe in this matter that you think you are not. But in turn, in and as a whole, and as a human being, yes, you are guilty. We are born into sin, right? I am guiltless. I do not take notice of myself. I despise my life. He's saying he's not proud. He doesn't have arrogance. But it is all one. Therefore, I say, he destroys the guiltless and the wicked. Hang on. Now you're saying that he just is just mean to everybody. <laughs> that he's not fair. So be very careful, Job, because like it says in verse 24, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? Ooh, be careful, Job. You're saying that you're that God favors the unrighteous? That he allows the unrighteous to be successful with no consequence? That's a dangerous accusation to make toward God. Does it seem unfair in life? Yeah, it does. I mean, you see so many evil people successful in what they do. Just in the United in the American government right now, there's 
and in the world. You see some big names that are controlling things on a global scale. Klaus Schwab, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. You got some big names out there that are bold and they are allowed to live and to live to such an old age too. And God allowed them to live and to reach that position where they are able to have such an influence over people and cause such great evil. Why are they allowed to live, Lord? Why are they allowed to live so long and get away with it? But should we see it that way? No, we should not. Because again, this life is temporary. Where are these people going who commit great evil? We know they're going to hell. Instead of being angry with them, the issue is not with them. Remember what the Bible says in Ephesians. It says our war is not with flesh and blood. It's not with our fellow man. It's with the evil forces behind the scenes. Besides that, we should be more concerned about their salvation. Their salvation is what should be on our minds. How can we get the gospel through to them? Pray for these people. Pray for them to repent. No one is beyond redemption because God has no limits. Therefore, all things are possible. Can someone like him or any of these guys be saved? Yes, anything's possible. And I think that there are some spiritual leaders that have that proper perspective. Yesterday I was at work and I happened to hear a brief message from John MacArthur in California. And he, because uh, I like to listen to his podcast and uh, watch him on YouTube and stuff. And he, he's a great, great preacher. And he's going to be sorely missed when he dies, but kind of like... R.C. Sproul, he's going to live on through his ministry. But he gave a seven-minute discussion about Governor Gavin Newsom, who is the governor of California and is ringleader to a lot of the evil things that is going on in that separate nation of California at this point, if you want to call it that. And instead of just telling him that he is condemned and he's useless and that he's just evil, which he is, you just see John MacArthur say, we need to worry about his soul. We should be praying for his deliverance, for his repentance, for the softening of his heart. Are we doing that? Or are we just angry? Or living fearfully? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for the salvation of those who don't know Christ. And be obedient to the cross in our everyday life and to the boldness of the gospel. We still have a long way to go in Job, but this is really interesting stuff, and I love the poetic language used. So I look forward to the readings to come. And that's all I have for today. Thank you for listening. I'm Ryan. And we'll see you next time. Take care and God bless you.